0: Is there any uh, sign of human life approaching? No. Any sign of human life approaching? No. no? All right. we'll, we'll, we'll start. <laughs> the um, if your voice is at the back, <clears throat> uh, so my voice at the, isn't carrying very well towards the back. And I prefer not to have to force the voice to go higher, it dries the throat and um, makes it more difficult. So what I would suggest, and don't hesitate, to just bring your chairs forward, bring the cushions forward, there's tons of room around here, and uh, then I can just keep the voice to an easy level. Thank you. So the uh, theme of the afternoon talk is an exploration of our relationship to our present and also and equally uh, to our past. Taking the over wider view for a moment first initially and then more concretely and specifically to uh, the present uh, circumstances. It is worthwhile and quite regularly to step back from the general uh, sense of our life in terms of the daily life the forms and the roles that we have the stepping back from the general sense of our life can just give us as human creatures a larger wider overview the importance of this is to make a contribution to getting our small modest life in a proper perspective. And what I have in mind here as a regularity of uh, reflection that we look back both the past and the present and in our references to the past as a species obviously we can go back a very long way and that recognition of Creature life, going back thousands, hundreds of thousands, uh, millions of uh, uh, years, has, in the whole evolution of life, in the vast extent of the period of time which takes place, has and continues to contribute to and influence our life today. So the references of looking, stepping back, looking to the past is to contribute and help us get a proper perspective on our life in the present because we are and always were modest creatures living our life and moving through this journey through the field of existence. When we exaggerate too much, easily done and all too humanly when we exaggerate our sense of person and presence there, we lose that kind of perspective and the outcome of that is to exaggerate our self-importance there we forget our ordinariness as creatures uh, on the earth and small issues get exaggerated and the exaggeration of this causes human suffering it makes us unhappy, confused, worried anxious, stressed out because we've forgotten the sense of something bigger part of this practice not all of it, a modest part but part of this practice is to make a contribution toward a more expansive view to help us appreciate and acknowledge our sense of a person persons walking on this earth living and breathing this long history of our, of humanity and of our uh, species goes through the whole variety of phases and uh, which it does and then with a more expansive perspective we can also and this is a remarkable aspect of human existence that we can look back at our recent past Look back at the way the recent past is influencing upon the present and the really remarkable feature of all of this is we can make changes. That is something. We as human beings have the capacity, we have the consciousness, we have the languages there, we have the energies and the capacity to make change. And that change which we can make is both internal and external and we shouldn't underestimate the potency and the potential of human beings to make precious and important changes and to stay true to them. And the changes and the staying true uh, to them they both work together. What I have in mind here there is some, many, perhaps all of us uh, in this room at various junctions in our life we may be gradual or immediate we have looked at a certain situation in our life and we have decided that some authentic important change is needed and that meant for us A shift away from what was to something new, and and that becomes what is. The sorts of things that I have in mind here. For some, the changes in the diet very, very, very uh, uh, important. And despite all the endless propaganda of the meat industry, some of us looked at, at our diet sometimes from a health perspective. Sometimes out of consideration for uh, farms, farm animals, uh, the use of pesticides and much more. Mis- and we said, I want to change that in myself, perhaps in my family, and therefore there is a movement to for something fresh and new. Sometimes that also happens with people engaging and participating in retreats. Some of you have said the whole idea of a career making a lot of money and becoming quote-unquote successful which is actually failure uh, uh, in terms of accumulation for this, that and the other where we have said to ourselves I don't want to live like that. And just uh, a few weeks ago in fact a friend of mine, he, <clears throat> we were talking about the changes in lifestyle more moderate way of life and He said to me that one of the uh, Buddhist um, uh, monks I think in the Theravada tradition the one that I'm familiar with had been ordained for around 20 years and in the period after that he devised some kind of mind or mindfulness app and it's become very, very successful and the person said to me um, he's made um, 40 million pounds uh, out of this uh, online app, uh, there, and he asked me what I thought of, thought about it. Was I impressed? And I said I am totally unimpressed uh, with this. I said, if he had forty million pound and he renounced it and then and became a Buddhist monk, I would be impressed. And that's the difference so some are going one way shall we say more and more status, position, wealth, prosperity having and owning and far too many people uh, have concentrated their life as, that, as, the, as the reason for living all the time and attention that has gone into it and some, some of us have looked at that and said, I don't want my life to go in that way. Therefore, I regard moderation there. It takes some quiet confidence to change the way of life and one risks, as it were, the disapproval of the other. Mummy and Daddy being the popular other. <laughs> but quite a few uh, others as well. Another in this hall, some years ago, a young man, a lawyer, 28 years of age, and he's all welcome. It's mildly competitive, but it's all welcome. And his father is a director or a CEO of one of the Australian oil companies—not quite our favourite organisation, but nevertheless. And the father said to him, before you are 50, you can have my position. You can be a CEO or a director in this oil company, I think, which is based uh, in Perth. And the son was growing increasingly unhappy and dissatisfied with this kind of direction of his life and the pressure and the encouragement which his father was putting on him and it came to the point where and that's part of the reason why he was here that he stepped out of it completely uh, there to the disappointment of his father who felt his son was a failure and was weak and had dropped out and lost his senses and he was stupid and irresponsible and all of that labelling that goes on but fortunately he had a mother who understood him and his mother supported him and she could see that all this wealth hadn't brought the happiness and all the contentment and all the what it was offered and the outcome of all of that including attending the retreat he uh, went off to India and to ashrams and retreats and walking and hiking and finding out for himself what his priorities were and one thing he, when you contacted me later see one thing I know I am not going back into the corporate world that's over (coughs) and there are people to their credit I use the example who have looked at the past looked at what the future will be in its continuity and the outcome of that is a fundamental change in the way of life to something which is not career but a livelihood an ethic that which is supportive for oneself or others it takes some trust this is the point here and we go a little bit more subtle in a moment or two it takes some trust to stand by that there so the moderation of lifestyle, the diet uh, uh, the yoga having the confidence to say I'm going on a meditation retreat not I am going for a six day holiday in Byron Bay which some people tell other people because they're Frightened of being judged and disapproved of because it sounds weird going on a retreat, (laughs) a bit less so these days. But for others, what do you want to do? And in silence, are you gone crazy? Uh, Etc. And to have the quiet trust and confidence to stay with it no matter what. And if you find you, some of you may, if you find that your parents or your boss or, or your friends think you've gone a little nutty or off the wall or, or what, the hell you, what the hell you are doing and you're giving up so much opportunity if you're hearing those voices from others trust me, you know you're on the right track <laughs> that is the confirmation of it uh, because the old is not working it is still self-destructive it exploits human beings it's obsessed with profit and power and having and uh, owning and we do not have the resources on this earth to feed that kind of greed so something something has to change in the being and have trust in it in such a way that we are not afraid to speak up about our interests in Almond milk, oat, <laughs> oat latte, <laughs> tofu, one of the other things that people go, uh, Tempe. okay, eh? Tempeh. Tempeh, and um, uh, much, much uh, more. <laughs> so that we, we we can speak up, we could find the freedom of the voice, uh, there, and no matter how weird it sounds, slowly, slowly, gradually, people. Look, hopefully look at their lives, and as some of us said, we've looked at our parents, Those are, we've, looked, we've looked at what's around us, and we've kind of come to the conclusion at some point in our life, I do not want to live like that. And it might be difficult, sometimes it is a bit of a struggle to find our uh, way and to stay steady, But the disruption, or the break, or the changes with the past, which is unsatisfactory, which is not working for us, which is habitual and addictive, when we we change all of that, we are healthier for it in heart, mind, body, and spirit. And we need to keep those changes and the quiet, long-term commitment to them really alive uh, uh, for us. Because the old, as I say, it's destructive. We, we, we live in an incredibly destructive society. And, and, and these practices uh, to reinforce our potential and our worth and our value uh, as a human being. And it gives us the opportunity in the few days that we are here together just to sometimes to... Engage in some reflection in keeping with the theme here. You may be in the reflection looking at some aspect, maybe small or major, in your life, and the senses something needs to change of the relationship of the past to the present. And there are three or four considerations with regard to this liberating. Freeing up the being, which is what liberation is about, uh, with regard to what was, with what is. And each aspect of this is important. Sometimes the change is very simple. This a need to let go of. The language of letting go in these kind of circles, whoa, it it, it becomes the kind of the answer to everything. You're sitting in your chai shop down the road, your latte or whatever, you're talking to your friend, oh, well, just let go. It's like simple, let go, drop it, etc. It's a kind of missionary statement of the unenlightened. It's the, it's the answer to all things is uh, uh, let go. With some things, it's, it's uh, easy at home. I have a wood burner, you probably may have one as well, you have to put it on once a year in Australia, but in England it's a little bit more. And sometimes in the morning time, the wood burner's gone out, and the wood's there, and I kind of assume it's all chilled out in there, and you put the hand there with a brush, and ouch, some hot embers there in the wood burner. I'm not saying to myself... Well, maybe I should let go of that, etc. I'm not having a discussion. Perhaps I should go on a retreat and see whether I need to let go of it or whatever. It's spontaneous. Not not even a thought which is electrically quick can get in. You touch, ouch, let go, etc. Sometimes we've got enough ouch about something heated and hot and burning in our life that, whoa, ouch let go and it's precious but it may not be like that it may not be the hot coal, and what that means is there is still the intention to let go but then what are the steps between where I am now and the full complete letting go Therefore, sometimes it is a gradual step by step. There's, it requires a commitment, uh, a real motivation, a steadiness to see it through. What is quite clear what the end is to let go, to move on from. And we need some reflection, maybe some encouragement, some dialogue with another, whoever it uh, might be, so that. I don't seem ready quite now, I recognise the holding, it is problematic, it's showing itself in the feeling tones in the body with the stress, it's showing itself in the resistance towards change, in the fears of moving on from, even though all of that is going on I, I know I need to let go and therefore what is the strategy, the practices, towards that letting go to liberate the being, to free it up. But it's not the only option which is available to us. It's one option. It could be again it's for your reflections here and, and reflections, as I mentioned, mindfulness, meditations matter equally in this venue. And it could be that when you look at a situation there, yeah, it's not about letting go, it's actually about developing. And sometimes the developing of one changes the other. So, as an example, it could be, perhaps, uh, in the daily life at home. It could be with the kids. It could be the partner. It could be all other situations. You are very easily angry. It doesn't take much to wind you up. She only, he only, has to say something, or not say something. And whoop, it's it's there. It can show itself in the insidious forms of anger, which is the regularity of complaining about the other. That may be spoken, or it may be unspoken, but the other, whoever she or he is, are not stupid. Don't think we can hide what's going on inside of ourselves that easily. And the other just picks up the, sh- the tension picks up the negativity picks up the fault finding it's not even said or hardly said but the body and the tone of the being is communicating some kind of contraction which, which pressurises the anger I use it as an example and then what comes out of our mouth kind of verbal diarrhoea it is what comes out of our mouth leans towards telling the other person she or he what they should do what they need to do and that undermining uh, of the uh, other person and it isn't unusual for us because we're a strange weird species it isn't unusual for us to tell other people who make changes which we can't make there's a word for it it's called hypocrisy (laughs) so we're we're preaching to the others you should, you should, you should sometimes people come on retreats it's a pity they ever came on a retreat because they haven't done much change but they've realised all the changes that somebody else needs to do in, in their life so they can be happy and, and go home w- worse than the missionaries a person opens the front door and one walks inside and says we have a few things we have to talk about <laughs> <laughs> uh, etc so it's a practice so the development and the cultivation which I'm referring to here is the opposite voice Instead of speaking negative and blaming and and hostile and all the corruption of values and the withdrawal of of the other person from wanting to be around us there, we develop metta, kindness and friendship and warmth and we try to stay true to it. And even though one doesn't think the other person deserves it at all, etc. But it might encourage one because inside anger is burning up that which is precious and deep and beautiful. The angry person is the least happy human being. The angry one is suffering. The angry one is burning up inside and she or he easily keeps justifying it. We have to find ways to change and transform uh, uh, that <coughs> sometimes in the view of things <coughs> present, past to present for the moment sometimes we look or hear something uh, both here and, uh, and elsewhere and the way that we look at it this is important, the way we look at it we imagine or think without any questioning, this is the way it is. So there's a situation around, we look at the situation, and the view about it, which include can include ourselves, it's, it's so convincing, we're so convinced that the view is the revelation of the reality or the truth of the situation, and we easily forget it is just a view of. And it's, sometimes it's in the small things, uh, there. One of the small things, if I may say, sticks in my, my, my mind here. Um, a couple of years ago, Radha had the privilege of, you know, a few years now, coming here to Sangseva. And Sang-surya. And must be two or three years ago, Radha and I were just walking down and using, or perhaps abusing our privileges of talking while everybody else is silent. <laughs> And we're just walking down to have lunch. And, you know, just a lovely, lovely day. So I said to uh, Radha, you know, gosh, it's just such a delight and a privilege to, to be here with all the wilderness and the diversity and one can look across and see the ocean and, and hear the sound of the waves and rather laughed and she said Christopher, that's not waves, that's traffic <laughs> <laughs> and i just use it as a, <clears throat> a small example <clears throat> we can see or hear something we could have had the naive, like me the naive conclusion, that's how it is out there and it can be a bit disappointing to actually hear, no, it's not what's out there, <laughs> etc. I mean, for a year I, I saw that, what I do is I mean, some big, as you look out over that space, a big mast mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the price of not looking clearly. I thought it was one of those eccentric Australian trees, but no, it's, <laughs> this, it's this mast stuck in the middle of the, of, uh, uh, ev- ev- everywhere. And again, the small example, we look at something external, whatever that might be about, or internal, and sometimes we need a kind of check if it is problematic in the way of looking, or asking, do I need to look a little bit more carefully, listen a little bit more, see a little bit more, this is important, so that I'm not just identifying and assuming my first view is the reality. You might be right. Plenty of times we might be right. But if we're mindful and conscious and uh, alert, we may just get uh, a response inside of ourselves and say, well, that may be how it is, but it may not. And then we need some mindfulness, we need some concentration, we need to give extra attention to, so that we see more. And this seeing more, more clearly, whatever that might be about, inwardly and outwardly, the the seeing more is one of the first major steps towards real change. So the mindfulness, the reflections, the meditations, teachings and so forth are intended as a contribution to see more clearly and in really looking at a situation more clearly and it might be, what is it I need to change? That might be the residue question. It might be, what do I need to let go of? What do I need to develop? The kindness yeah, is one small example there. What is it that I need to overcome? What is a fresh way of looking? So any situation arising, in this case on the retreat, which is challenging and difficult for us, we engage in our meditations and we're not saying, and it's not being said, Just because I am mindful of it, just because I am aware of it, therefore it will change and will come right. This is is, is investing much too much confidence in uh, in the mindfulness. Mindfulness reveals. Sometimes the revealing, one is mindful of, one is uh, conscious of, one is giving attention to. And sometimes beautifully, one sees clearly, well enough. One sees clearly this has to change. One sees clearly in the moment this has to be developed or whatever. But as I to repeat a little bit, sometimes we have to remember the mindfulness or the awareness or the meditation is the first step in the process of change and therefore not an end step. And it is unfortunate Sometimes when people come and say, Christopher, I'm really mindful of this unresolved issue in my life. I'm really mindful of it and aware of this conflict that I have or this depression which I have or this uh, anxiety which I have. But it's not making any difference. It's too much expectation and demand that the awareness or the mindfulness will bring about the change. Yes, it's made clear. And sometimes, on the retreats and elsewhere, when we are more mindful and clear, that which is, we are working on will seem stronger. It will seem more difficult, because the resistance is gone, the defensiveness is gone, the withdrawal is gone. And in that respect, the days here... Amongst the many factors to it, is a recognition of a human being's capacity to face our existence. Meditation is a kind of polite social word for face your existence and wake up. And so it's a bit hard for people to hear, so we call it meditation. (laughs) 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 In all of this, past to the present, two more. How am I doing? Just warming up and the time's going by. All right, there's two more aspects uh, with regard to this. B- both of them genuinely are worth uh, bearing in mind. So the first, and uh, the, the Buddha and the, and the Dharma, um, go into this a lot of uh, depth and much appreciation for. So the point here that I went, wanted to make... There can be that which we are exploring of the past and its influence on the present. Habits or addictions or patterns of mind or agitations or, or whatever and to really include that in our practice and see what change, letting go, development needs to take place as referred to. There is also, in the relationship of the past to the present it could be that there is for some, some pressure from the old, in Dharma language it would be called karma, that means something which is old, not yet resolved, and it's landing in the present. The vulnerability of us, of our humanness here, is there can be genuine, realistic pressures around us the kids are playing up the bosses are uh, a bully there are demands upon us to succeed and achieve and much much else and that itself genuine pressures from around us landing on us easily because we're vulnerable, we're human meet with the unresolved pressures of the past so the ones coming in from the present And the other is coming in from the past, they collide together and they double the reaction. It's tough enough dealing with the demands around, it's tough enough dealing with issues of uh, immediacy of events. But that, along with something, areas which need addressing and resolve, when they collide, is it any. is it surprising that people. Hate work? Is it surprising that people just want their kids to grow up as quickly as uh, possible? Is it surprising that one just thinks about flight and escaping and doing something else, etc.? So, part of our exploration uh, there, it's not easy, but to kind of know what is what. This is the present. I wish to be realistic about it. There are pressures in my life. They are going on towards me. I want to attend to that. This is the path. I'm working with that. Can I be clear enough about that? That's the challenging bit. Can I be so clear that the one is not going to collide with the other and therefore intensify a drama, uh, a trauma or whatever? So there could be a lot to do. With the old, and in just, just <laughs> trying to uh, keep it as uh, uh, brief as uh, possible uh, here for you, but in the old, in the re- relationship to uh, to the old, the whole uh, the talk here, East and West tradition, for very very briefly, quite often the Western tradition of exploration of the old called psychology, psychotherapy. Called, um, looking into the uh, past called uh, trauma and much much else has and does make a real contribution small concern that I ha- have here quite often the West is, in the, is really interested in the psychology it's really interested and the focus is in the storyline and the storyline requires the persona of the roles, when I was a child, living with my mother and father, my brothers, this happened to me, when I was at school, etc., when I was with so-and-so, whatever, and uh, genuinely are really painful stories there, stories there about the old, which is continuing in stories to have an impact on one's life in the present uh, there. Dharma teachings are not concerned with the identity, that means the role it might be called son and daughter, mother and father, let's say, <coughs> school, friends, bullying, teachers and oneself there. Dramas of what happened to uh, one in uh, adult life, etc. That the <coughs> the role Which can carry in the memory, the body remembers, a lot of that pain and anguish and hurt and disappointment which happened. But Dharma teachings are asking us not to be so engaged in the story, this happened to me because, (coughs) and as uh, Samantha was touching on this morning, to actually be exploring. Without the roles, the influences in the feelings, patterns, ten- tendencies, uh, images, which are moving through the being and landing in the present. The, the event, the story is less, much less important, and the movement of the impact of the old on the present is much more important. <coughs> and we perhaps can get a handle, or being well, on, on that. In all of this, I know the talk sounds a bit like bad news all the way through, but it is important in all of this to remember as well, and it's vitally important perhaps very urgently and vitally important is if the self, you, me, us we just identify with the difficulties of the past as spoken the difficulties of the present as spoken the pressures uh, upon us it will leave in the view in the image in the consciousness or in the mindfulness a view of life is difficult it has to if we keep dwelling on what was the difficult aspects and we keep dwelling on the difficult aspects what is there's only going to be one conclusion it's a hell realm Life is difficult, life is struggle, life is suffering, life is, oh my God, whatever. That view with continuity Mm. needs to be broken. It's vital that it's broken, so that there is no fixed conclusion about life. And the one authentic experience, shall we say, of the breaking of the cycle is the acknowledgement and recognition when it isn't present. In other words, as you, we could take uh, today as a lovely example um, during the morning period, we have the meditations, and maybe some of you were, oh my god, what am I doing here? It's so painful. Uh, etc, I didn't sleep last night, I could be doing something else, ah, life is so difficult, the Buddhists are always going on about life is suffering, and God it really is, which it isn't, but anyway, who take wants to take notice of truth, so there, all these views, and then people walk out, and then open the door, and then suddenly see this beautiful lizard sitting there in its presence, and in it's... Glory and in its meditation posture, and in its stillness, by the way, uh, then look, and all that was here wow, 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 wow. when's he going to ring the bell? When's he going to ring the bell? <laughs> etc.. And walking out and seeing this lovely creature of the earth just sitting there, beautiful look, pointing out <laughs> to it like that warmth, empathy, friendship, love, kindness. We need those moments. Oh, we need those moments. Mm-hmm. They break the view. They break the opinion in a split second of what was going on inside here. We just had the retreat over uh, the, uh, the Bodhi uh, tree. And well were uh, giving the retreat. My room, just in, near my room, like a meter or two away, it's a small uh, dining hall uh, there and people come and take out food there so around whatever it was, ten or eleven o'clock at night just uh, finished for the day and just going to my room and there was this magnificent green frog there <coughs> in the open uh, doorway they're just sitting there just sitting, beautiful and so I went to bed and then Soup in the evening, three or four hours uh, later there, I got out of bed, I just got out of piss, etc. I came out of the room, and the frog is in exactly the same (laughs) position. Meditating, a Buddha frog, just (laughs) sitting there. And I said to Jen, the lovely manager, that next year, I'm giving up on human beings. Do you think you could invite around 40 frogs <laughs> to come and sit the retreat with me? Uh, 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 silence, stillness. We have a lot to learn from these creatures. We shouldn't be so conceited that we're in the superior class. No, no, no. We need a little bit of humility. And these creatures, they see, there you see. The dining hall was upstairs. How did it get upstairs to offer the meditation teacher a teaching, <laughs> etc.? And it sees us in here fidgeting around and this lovely, beautiful, lizard... Whatever this was, they need some proper teaching. And I'll just sit over there right outside the door and be still and just to give a reminder, hey, this is what this practice is all about, you know, etc.? So keeping our eyes and ears open and the creature world for its wonder and its beauty can give us rather precious reminders and insight for ourselves as, uh, as well. And this mindfulness and awareness and receptivity is both inner and outer and may our day, even though it can be difficult and challenging and hard and old memories coming up and so forth, yet to stop and respect and acknowledge the regularity of the interruptions. They just come spontaneously sometimes. They just break the pattern. They contribute to showing us something else of the wonder and the beauty and the awesomeness of this, what we are experiencing. And we may go back to that struggle that we're having And those pains in the body and those streams of thinking may have to deal with that but we also know hey, there are breaks in it it isn't permanent it doesn't go on and on there is the regularity of its interruption and those interruptions show the anicca, the impermanence of uh, these uh, problematic issues let's have a quiet minute together shall we May all beings live mindful lives. May all beings have a clear relationship to our past and to our present. May all beings live with love and wisdom.